What up? Welcome to another edition of Splash Ash Man, the G Splash Review Show. Me, me. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter. Riding shotgun is my man, Chris Bucky Watts. Today, we're doing a special crossover episode. We're combining both the comics with a movie. It's going to be a mashup, like a girl talk track that you never heard of, baby. Mm-hmm. You heard. I understood that right. <laughs> <laughs> also, we got a special guest, Chris. Why don't you bring in our special guest? Our special guest today is, that uh, <laughs> sounds like we're giving a prize when the prize is white. Our special tell guest. Tell him what he's won. Uh, tell, him, tell him who he is, Johnny. Uh, our special guest today is Declan Kemp. He's a longtime, uh, lifetime, lifelong friend of mine. He also worked with both Brad and myself at a P.F. Chang's. Oh, yeah. Slaying all the Chang's chicken. Town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so he's here. He's also um, into pretty much all the same stuff we're into. So it should be a good conversation. And he's going to be joining us as well on our main show, G-Splash. Which will be which, immediately uh, following this episode of Splash Trash Can't Man. miss it. You can't miss can't it. Can't miss it. Don't want to miss it. Can't stop, don't stop. <laughs> Declan, how are you? I'm doing good. 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 Absolutely. I, I'm used to listening to podcasts where people then plug their own podcasts, but I don't have that. <laughs> what are you pitching today for? <laughs> yes. What a twist. I have neither I have neither Twitter and I'm trying to stay off Facebook. No. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead and tell them your Patreon. So account. Really on That'd the pulse of society here. <laughs> go ahead and hit them with your Patreon. Yeah. That'll be great. We'll blow it up. Uh, <laughs> are you familiar with our rating system here on Splash Trash, man? I am not, actually. It it feels pretty self-explanatory. Well, if you don't if know, now you know. trash, it's good. Yeah. If it's, wait, if wait, it's Splash, it's bad. If it's trash, it means, damn, that's trash, you know? It's confusing, but meh is worse. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> if it's dope, it's a Splash. If it's meh, it's a meh. We don't just don't we just don't say anything. We we'll probably just tell you to. Mm. We go. Eh. We we shrug our shoulders and no one can see eh. that because it's a podcast. But if it's trash, we tell you that that shit is straight. <laughs> shit is straight. Yeah, garbage. don't waste your time. Straight garbage. Spend your dollar at Redbox. Do people still do Redbox? I think so. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's there. I don't know if people make money off it anymore. Well, they used to. Didn't somebody we work with have a Redbox? Like they owned one. They're like, yeah, man. That sounds possible. That sounds like the kind of thing. I just like, posted up at the this? fucking whatever the gas station around the corner was you want to go have these on a red box you know you're like that yeah or the knockoff ones in the other grocery stores oh yeah the blue ones yeah or the ones that's like dvdx it's like wow you guys blew it on the name you could have done anything you know a dvdx <laughs> dvd machine <laughs> with all the highest quality hd dvds <laughs> I hope you. What's what? Are the, what were those red ones that weren't Blu-rays called? HD DVDs. Oh, HD DVD. Yeah, oh, off the tongue. Yeah, it was. Uh, they were burgundy, right? Instead of blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How those? Man, they were horrible. But how did those miss the mark? Like you had the you had the brand ready to go. Like everyone was like, "What the fuck is Blu-ray?" You so, had. Yep. Here it comes. Oh, here we go. Yeah, uh, tropic. Tropic. So what, th- so tropic. Thunder, man. I break it down because it, it was in basically what it was was Blu-ray has a higher storage capacity, mm. and then also uh, Sony made the playstation 3 uh, a blu-ray player right whereas right. with the xbox you had to buy an attachment you, so even though the xbox like sold better than the ps3 because the ps3 was 500 fucking dollars um, <laughs> still there were more blu-ray players in everybody's house there was more incentive and then they yeah. started yeah, and then they started just giving them out for free, like RC Willys. <laughs> Here, have it. And also, like in Tropic Thunder, which is a true point that he's making, the freaking nerdy guy, Jay, whatever the hell his name is, uh, porn also uh, aligned themselves with Blu-ray over HD, and that was a big a big determiner, too. It's usually what happens in, funny? in real life. 
Gotta get them squirts, you know? <laughs> That's my entire collection of Blu-ray. I yeah. don't even have regular movies. Blu-ray, Blu-ray makes movies? <laughs> I thought they just made pornos. <laughs> More surprisingly, wait, people buy porno. <laughs> yeah, who's buying porno? And who wants it on Blu-ray? Wait, I, I guess everybody does. I, I like mean, that grainy shit. People need, I want that VHS. People need their, their porn in high-def 4K now, so it's all good. Anywho, sounds like a splash to me. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't even know how to follow that up. But Chris, let's just get into the drop for this week. Let's do this special hybrid, amazing half comic book, half film splash trash man. Drop. Uh, this week. This is a really good, really, 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 really good uh, book so far that I've read a preview of, but Batman Last Night on Earth. Yes. Chris, you were telling us that this is uh, Snyder's last Batman project? Well, yeah, him and uh, his buddy, I'm going to look it up right now because it's worth a Google. Uh, I spelled night wrong, but that's okay because Google knows Night with a K. It's night with a K. Uh, nope, that brought, and you know what? It actually did not. Google, because I called it out, it said, fuck you, man. I don't, I don't, zombie game and a green day. I don't serve you. Uh, yeah, it is Scott Snyder and then the guy that he did like zero year with and everything they are, uh, Greg Capolo. Uh, it's their last go on anything Batman. So they've done things like zero, they did zero year, but obviously Scott Snyder has been, super influential to not only DC over the past 12 years, but like it's bigger movements like the new 52 and, and things like that. Yeah. So do you think he resents Sna- Zack Snyder? Yeah. I bet he hates Zack Snyder all the time. He's like, they're like, is that your brother? And he's like, that guy sucks. And they're like, okay. <laughs> if that joke or observation has been made before, I apologize. No, <laughs> he probably is Zack Snyder's brother is the real shitty part. Um, so Batman last night on earth is going to be, it's going to be a zany ride, man. Yeah. I'm just to start it off just because I've read it and I know a little bit of it. What's it about? What's, what's it all about? Uh, basically Bruce Wayne wakes up in Arkham Asylum. Uh, he's young, thinks he's sane, but he was never Batman. So you got a doctor who's actually, I believe it's, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, because you read the same preview I did, but it's like, uh, isn't he, it's like the Joker, right? Uh, no, it's, um, or who's the doctor is a, a, a character. I think it's Edward Tetch or Arthur Tetch or whatever. I think it's Mad Hatter, but it could be Nygma. Oh, I, you know what? It, it, it's definitely, it's definitely a character. One of the people that is a villain. It's that old ball. You know, it's that whole bag that like, there's actually an episode of Batman animated series like that. But, oh, I, but yeah. I'm, it's like, I'm looking at, he's the doctor. I'm actually looking at this preview now on the, on the, pre- tell me who is it on the preview site. And it's actually different. Then it's actually completely different than what I read. So interesting. Tell you what, if there's one thing the Batman Rogues Gallery needs, it's another crazy doctor. <laughs> yeah, they're running low on insane doctors. <laughs> anyway, he's starting a dialogue with a, a well-known villain. I just we just can't think of it because we're and we don't have it up right now because we're idiots. Uh, but Alfred comes in and it turns out like he killed his own parents and like the bat suit was never a bat suit. It was just a straight jacket there's a straight jacket that was like sewn together so that's where it really i think starts off and then all hell breaks loose after that it's supposed to be only three issues but it's yeah, starts... very small it's black label obviously is this gonna be another one of them things where we get yeah, the first PC one and then we gotta wait next year for the second one no i hear from what the the article i was reading said is that they are time they're already done that it's done and ready to be Bing, bang, boom. Like, you're not going to have to wait a long time because they didn't want to make the same mistake they made with a lot of comic book things have made where they've released a miniseries and it takes, I mean, 
what was that one years ago? Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk took like 12 years to get the last issue out because there were like disputes and stuff that ended up happening and like other projects that took precedence. So they released like issue six, like eight years after the after the fifth issue came out or something crazy. Yeah, they go unfinished like with the whatever series that they didn't actually start of Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. And they fired the guy, even though he great series, too. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, I got the preview pulled up right here. Bruce Wayne, my lord. You're right. Here and it's finally over. Alfred, Alfred, come in. Uh, I, I, it is the Joker. You're right. It was the Joker. I, at least I think it's. He's wearing a purple. He's he very he's very Joker-ish. Yeah, I think it is. But he has a name. Uh, your doctor, Doctor Redmond Hood. Yeah, that's what it was. Red, Red Hood. Red Hood. Red Joker. Hood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's clear that. My next question to you. Fly buzzing around. My my next question to you is: Are we gonna get the last night on Earth number three before we get Batman Damned number three? Maybe. If this one's already done and ready to make to get it out there, then it's very possible. So annoying. So annoying. This whole this whole thing is going to be really interesting. Um, here's the thing about this: the whole like you were saying with the synopsis, it's basically Bruce Wayne wandering through a post apocalyptic world, and his only companion is the decapitated head of the Joker. He keeps in a cage because he finds it. It's like presented to him on a pole. He grabs it. He's walking through this apocalyptic world, like looking at all these things that have happened. And the Joker's talking to him. It's It's got a very strange blend of both Old Man Logan and Afro Samurai in a weird way, where Afro Samurai has his little guy that's like with him and like does all the talking. And this seems like Joker is there just to be the companion. Or a great, another, another great example is um, God of War and the head that you have on your belt in the newest one. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Like he's obviously the, the story guide. Uh, the Joker head and kind of telling about Virgil. how yeah it's happen. gonna yeah the Virgil it, of the tale it's gonna be like one of those like psychiatrist type of stories where he's like you you don't know I'm guessing this is a guess for me but I'm guessing that he's talking to Doctor Red Hood or whatever and then that's kind of they're like both are overlapping you can't tell what's real what's not I'm, I mean that that there there's the thing in this if you're interested in reading this I think that I'm very interested I can't wait to read it just being a three part little mini like this um. Because some of the smaller ones are some of the best ones. I mean, I, I even I forgot that Year One, considered one of the best Batman stories ever, is only four issues long. Like I thought it was like a twelve issue set I had to read. So some small things can do a lot of work. Um, clear. This is the weird part for me about going into this is it clearly is not what it seems. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like it's setting us up in the first few pages that this is clearly not real. Like the fact that he remembers that he woke up, that he's younger. It's something else is clearly at work here, showing him some kind of future. The Omega symbol is literally everywhere in this for um, for Darkseid. Ugh, I hate saying that. <laughs> for Darkseid. Uh, so there's clearly force at play, but the preview I looked at was much different too. It also had you know him wandering the wasteland and seeing like um, the battery, the Green Lantern battery, like completely drained. It's like turned to stone and tipped over, and like um, this big planet creature had been like drained of all its energy and crashed into the earth. And there's like dead bones of heroes. Very old man Logan esque. Um, but well, obviously elseworlds, like it's non-canon. Yeah. But the, all the black label stuff is like non-canon. Mm. So this will be a fun little, I think it's gonna be a fun little interesting thing to read. Hopefully it does really well. The covers look beautiful. They can push the envelope a little. I mean, they're not going to show any more dicks clearly, but um, <laughs> the black label pushes, pushes the envelope a little bit, which I think is cool. Uh, next on our list. Uh, it's Thanos number two. I read the first Ooh. one. It's actually really good. Um, this is kind of like a prequel to kind of, but not on all the way beginning. It's more about uh, Gamora. And uh, sure. in the second one, you kind of dive in uh, along the lines of like, did Thanos make Gamora? 
the deadliest assassin or was she just always born to be that person and then also in the storyline mm-hmm. is going you'll see the origins of uh the black order in the first one he was like just they was like a crew and he was killing off his crew left and right and sure it's actually pretty good it's something i, I recommend to check out but um i think that the highlight of this week's drop is definitely going to be uh the book we've been talking about which is uh Last night on Earth, Batman. Yeah. Last night on Earth, spelled with a K. I'm actually, I'll, I'll say this real quick before we get into our reviews, but man, I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty impressed by the way uh, DC has really done this 80th anniversary. There's been a lot of shit come out this this year between sure. like merchandise, movies, um, even with Batman and kind of not in the best of lights right now, and as far as in the movies, sure, sure. But comparing the two, I mean. Even like Marvel's also on its 80th year, and it's they've been doing a lot of good releases with figures and stuff, but not so much in cool stories have really come out. I mean, there's been a few. Obviously, we're doing War of the Realms, but yeah, it seems like I know exactly. And, but what we did exactly get, what you're saying. We also did get Fantastic Four back, so you got to throw that yeah, in. Yeah, it's probably also just not to not to discredit you know Marvel as a whole. I think when you have something so big. It's hard to show it off other than throwing a, lo- a label on it, being like "Happy 80th" when you can just pick one character and go absolutely ham. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. I think that that probably makes it a little bit easier. Like they can really lean in it. This is Batman's 80th year instead of being like "It's everybody's, not really you know, see, 80th. See, it's our 80th yeah, year." You know what I mean? They're I not like there. "It's our 80th year," but Fantastic Four's only been around for 52 years, and Spider-Man's been around for 61 years. You know what I mean? Or almost that 80, I guess. It also feels like. Um, like everything that I've kind of seen um, on the peripheral, and this has been true for a while. DC, just because Warner Brothers, I, I don't think Warner Brothers controls the comics at all, whereas mm-hmm. Disney does own Marvel. Yeah, as a whole. <laughs> as a whole. So right. I think they've been kind of, Marvel itself has been tying it into the movies a lot more, um, obviously by introducing the Black Order, which was only a few years before Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And um it kind of seems to be like they're trying to be a little more beginner friendly whereas dc is just like okay let's we know our bread and butter so we're gonna kind of advertise towards that right yeah it's a great point that's something we've actually talked about on here before me and you brad about like how the comics have become more of a marvel so much easier to like hey you like comics come here and and dc is more like buckle your fucking seatbelt we're going in yeah like (laughs) you're like okay yeah yeah we've talked before like about how it seems a lot of Marvel stuff right now is just marketing material for its movies, but there's still even X-Men are dead now. So, yeah. So it's, it's and even before, like when they killed off the fan or like stopped making fantastic four so they could get the film rights. And then they just said, well, just- oh, I feel like DC might've accidentally learned a really hard lesson. I think that their whole thing with the new 52 was if we restart everything, we can restart a whole generation into comic books. And they did that. And people were fucking pissed. It's so like, how fucking dare you take away the number system and start this over with these shitty characters? And they were like, we're just trying to shake it up and like give ourselves more room to make new stories, man. They're like, shut the fuck up and bring back our characters. So they're like, welcome uh, to Rebirth, so like, you know huh? We're Rebirth? never doing that again. Rebirth is yeah. here, guys. You, you want to read DC Comics? Well, then you're in for a fucking ride of your life, okay? And Marvel's more just like, okay, cool. Hey, like, this is a new character. You're going to like this. Or like, Hey, Fantastic Four's back. Maybe you should check them out. And DC's like, you ever seen Batman carry around a fucking head? <laughs> you ever seen Batman's dick? We, we're doing it. We're going to show it to you. We're going to show it to you, kind of. It's shaded, yeah, but it's it big. We're, yeah. we're showing the bat <laughs> Somebody dick. Somebody had that idea. 
Somebody had to say yes to that. Uh, anyways, yeah, I definitely think the Thanos. Can I say one thing about the Thanos thing before we before we move on here? I know we're eating up a lot of time, but the Thanos too. Is it strange to you that this comic is coming out four years or three years after Infinity War? Um, no, because they had the they did a whole run during. It's like they're doing backstory to build up to a movie when the movie's been out for a long time. I think it goes the other way. Now yeah, the comics are going to sell people. People uh, want to know about yeah, Thanos. I would go. So now they're going to go to the comics. You know what? I retract that last statement. You're very, you are 100 correct because, as Declan stated earlier, the Darth Vader comic is absolutely amazing, and it is giving backstory to a character that you know, obviously, a much bigger than the Black Order. But this is how it works. You get, make a movie, and people say, "I like to know more about that." And then you're like, well, "How can we make them know more about that?" Well, this is one. This is one area. Yeah. So uh, ain't I, I, nobody gonna read a book. I would say, like during they what they did as far as that Thanos whole thing goes is like during Infinity War they that they did its run and uh, Thanos was fighting old Thanos. It was like a it was like one one of the right. be- best ones from like twenty. 17 18 well th- i meant last year's books but then like then this year they killed him off ironically that yeah, not ironically strategically new... and now they got his head chopped so then they invented did the whole infinity watch line and so it's like all tied in together about thanos but yeah, yeah they're really still hanging on to that and letting it run and build more okay cool I, i'm on board but chris what are we talking today we got some reviews to talk about you so we're doing a hybrid, hybrid. today we're going to talk about bright burn the newest film uh, suit, su- I, I guess you would call this superhero horror, um, film, or I guess, yeah, superhuman horror. Uh, and then also as a companion of that, we're going to be talking about Miracle Man, which is not a new comic line, it is a comic line that has started years and years and years and years and years ago. But, uh, you will understand, uh, how that plays into Brightburn, uh, very shortly. So let's, uh, let's dive in. All right. So we'll start with Brightburn. Uh, this movie is. Produced by James Gunn, not directed. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it? I don't, is it written? I don't think it's written either. It's written by his, Declan hit by his his brother, his brother, brother yeah, and his yeah, cousin yeah. or something. It's cousin, like another gun. It's like another yeah, gun, like yeah. Benny Gunn and Billy Gunn, and then it's directed by Ivan Kershknovskin or something. Is there like also that. a Tommy Gunn involved? There's a Tommy Gunn is in there as an actor. No, it's not this time. Uh, yeah, they were. Um, but I, from what I've read and, and the research I did, James Gunn was pretty involved on set oh interesting uh not over the top but he was there you know being like not Try a Spielberg on poltergeist yes of, yeah. like i'm here ask me questions maybe i'll get some things but i, I don't want my name on this in case it bombs uh we talked i'm kind of in a rebuilding phase <laughs> right because he got this is part of the his like transformation when he got fired he was like all right but then we're gonna do this then fuck it i'll go do this movie um, and then the dc was like we want you and he's like i'll do that yeah we talked a little bit about this on our last episode of splash trash man because i was like yo this movie looks pretty good and you were kind of like i don't know i was like this movie looks like garbage uh, so there's no would, the, the plot of this is super small it's just what if a child from another world landed on earth but instead of becoming a hero of mankind he decided to be something more sinister you can say it exactly what it is in the synopsis for everybody out there. This does not ruin the movie at all for you. In fact, it's really hard to spoil this movie for you because it's it's literally Superman story. It's one hundred percent. Every single, other than the names being different, it's the Superman story. If instead of being good, he was as very very evil. It's pretty to the that's, T. That's the whole plot. It's pretty. I mean, to the he, T. he lands in a field to two older people that in can't Kansas, have children, and they bring him in. They yeah, hide his Kansas they, as well. Kansas. They hide his ship in the basement of their barn. They raise him. He discovers powers, and then instead of it being a thing like we're gonna teach you love, he becomes the fucking antichrist. And then it's all Without downhill from it. But uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a fifty-seven. Or yeah, I predicted it to be. I I, I aligned with Screen Rant on this one. I thought it was gonna be probably in the 
the 30s. Yeah, you, so you, I was surprised to, to see it clock in at 57. Uh, and then people gave it a 69. So here's a question. I don't know if you have Rotten Tomatoes uh, at the ready for this. What is the uh, average critic score? Critic score on it currently 69. is 57%. And well, no, the, the audience score is 69. Well, that, that's a percentage of like positive and negative. But I mean, like the the score, like are critics giving it like a seven or is like 57%? Oh, I see what you say. Like, I see are they what actually say. giving it like a 5.5? Ooh, I don't know, actually. Do you know that, Brad? We never really look into we that. We usually that just re- reference uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But um, I'll, let me see what <laughs> I, inter- entertain, uh, IMDb says. 6.6. It's a 6.6 with 8,000 reviews. So that's not bad, actually. No, it's not bad, and that's exactly what I think we're going to talk about with this film. Um, we both saw it, Declan. Did you? You haven't seen it, right? I haven't. But seen he it. gets the gist. It, but I've seen enough trailers to know <laughs> understand that I've probably the story. Seen the movie. Um, Chris, I, I'm gonna let you kick this one off. What did you? What did you think of the movie? And what? What's your score? For here's my here's my take for a movie this mediocre. I feel like I shouldn't be having such drastic feelings about it. Interesting. One minute I'm very much like, wow, that was that was this way and this way, and then another minute I'll be like, but wait, hold on, maybe it did. like it's not that it's getting better or worse in my book, it's just that it's twisting on itself like a fucking cobra. It's just like I keep thinking of a reason and I go down that road. Like I, we can dive more into those, but I'd love to see like what's your initial take on it. Uh, well, what's your score? What you, what score did you give it? This is crazy, man. I give it a fifty. Literally a 50. So that's a, dead on the nose. It is an absolute meh. balanced Blade movie. Now, not Blade, the movie series. <laughs> it, it's a, just a balance just a balance on the tip of a tip of a pin. So you give it a meh. Uh, 50. You give it a meh. Uh, yeah, I give it a meh. I do. I give it a meh. Okay. There were not and you know what? I give it a meh for the reasons when it was when it was bad and cheesy or just it was like, what? It, those were completely balanced. I'm almost just like, oh, that was interesting. That was an interesting take or an interesting thing. But even those were just about within 10 points of 50. Like a, a moment I was like, wow, was a 60. And a minute I was like, yee, was a 40. So you know what I mean? It, yeah. really, it really was a it middle was crossing itself me. out. I usually don't have hard mez. I feel like if we went through all of our splash trash mez, I'm usually the one that's like, it's awesome. It's a splash. Or I'm like, it fucking sucks. Go walk into the freaking river before you see this movie. And I, I don't have a lot of mez, but this one is so meh. My take on this is very similar. I'll just say out of the jump. Um, yeah, it's definitely a man. I went in with these kind of I always go in with these kind of uh, feelings about movies like this with very low expectations. I want to say it has a good cast, but at the same time, <laughs> no one really excelled in the cast. I think no. I th- it's only an hour and 30 minutes long, and it's the first act of the movie is pretty fucking long. Like I'm like. Yeah, there's Guys, not much that fig- happens in this story. There, there's like five things that happen for in the beginning, and you're just like, you're like, cool. everyone's still in denial, <laughs> still. Yeah, like well, this is still happening, really. Yeah. I think I think story and like getting through it was tough. It was definitely a cool concept of taking the Superman story and ma- making it be a kid who's evil instead of like an he's not even in high school yet. I think that they yeah. th- they threw in a creep factor with him, like in the girls. I, yeah, I, absolutely. There's a whole sequence for those listening home where basically, and here's something just to get, not to get too far ahead, but to kind of give a little background to this. The whole movie's premise, the whole point where it really gets going is the fact that this kid is the name. His name is Brandon. Uh, that he is 13. And he's the, what they're really trying to play heavily on is this idea of like going through puberty. Right. 
that 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 those sexual urges and feelings like that can have such a big impact on adolescence and how you grow up that what if Superman was 13 and he was going through these hormones and he kind of had this thing where his personality had to decide which way it was going to go and it went one way instead of the other because he and, he, and yeah they, they introduced where when he's talking about creep factor where this kid you know he'll like sneak out at night using his powers and he'll like go and like spy on this girl from his class that he's like aroused by through her window uh which i think until, was like, like a very yeah it was that was what it was supposed to be but the way that it was kind of told was like there was really no motive or like real motivation for yeah. him to be like he was bringing her flowers at one point, but then like breaking her hand. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's it was just it was just a mixed bag, and you know, at times dealing with that the idea of adolescence, one that came to my mind was a movie, a horror movie specifically that did this really, really super well was Let the Right One In, or I think it was called the American version is called Let Me In. Yeah, where Chloe Grace Moretz is a vampire, and Alan Green, witch or Span or whatever the hell his name is. Uh, a great actor, the guy who plays the dad for Step Brothers. Uh, he is like her vampire handler, and they like move from town to town. And the little boy is going through puberty; he's being bullied and all this shit. And he ends up making friends with her. And there's that dope ass scene where she like massacres the bullies. Um, but uh, it, that was done right. That dealt with adolescence and the supernatural, but it was really focused on the adolescent side. I feel like this one was really just trying to showcase that this kid had superpowers and like it was really clinging heavily onto that i mean the 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 question i have for you two guys like does it um and probably what kind of keeps it in the meh category is like so yeah i can look at the trailer and be like okay at some point he i know once he gets the mask that's probably the third like second to third act sure um you know he it shows him flipping a car it shows him attacking the woman in the diner and it shows the cops trying to take him at the house which is probably the climax sure um does it it kind of seems like it wants to have some sort of like me- uh, meta commentary, maybe about Superman, maybe about how with adolescents, like boys you have to, you know, do we choose like, like, cause you know, as a kid, you like, you do stuff that you regret later. Sure. But what if the powers allowed you to do that a whole lot more and a whole lot worse? Like it kind of sounds like it has some sort of commentary, but it just never arrives at it. Is that, I could not agree more. I, think, I don't know how you feel, Brad, but I, I feel like it never delivered on that motive. So the thing with this, I'll say, is his ex- he's bullied. So he's like, ex- he's, now he's like, I got powers now. I can, you know, I can fuck up anybody. Sure. And um, I think that's that's kind of the route with a kid. You have to like, like, why does... You have to justify it. Exactly. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Ju- exactly. Yeah. They justify it by him getting picked on and bullied in, a little bit at school. Whereas like... Had they eliminated that and he was just like, if he was the bully, like, then you would hate this movie, right? You kind of get sure, in sure. this. He, he has to, in the beginning, be the victims that you can be like, well, that's him acting out. But I feel like they overdo it to where this is this is my thing I was thinking about earlier, too, which is a great thing. Because, I mean, you really honestly, you cannot in any way talk about this movie without talking about Superman's story. Because it's it is literally just that in every capacity. And I think that what I kept going back to is the fact that. Superman or Kal-El was not programmed to be good when he left Krypton, when Jor-El sent him away. And there's this whole commentary about like you, you being able to choose your path and stuff like this. But in this movie, what it never really delivered on for me was the fact that I never thought this kid was going to be good. And that's not my walking in being like, I know this movie's a horror movie, so he's going to be evil. They never gave this idea where he had a choice to make. It was immediately since he was a kid, bullying or not, like he always was being 
it was more like Damien from The Omen. Well, than it was like I was, yo, that's a, a exactly what I thought. That's exactly what yeah, I thought. I was like, this and that movie, in fairness, is not about the, the Omen is not about Damien. The Omen's about the people around him, and I feel like they missed there too because they didn't focus on how the parents were dealing with this. There's actually a really cool story if you don't make this much of a horror movie. If you make it a lot more like we need to talk about Kevin or something like that, where like it's about yes, the yeah. parents' struggle. I thought it was going to be about Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, I and mean, they're involved, and it's them kind of discussing, like Brad said, like not not understanding when they shouldn't understand for a long time, and then understanding too late. And like I thought that would be a cool thing, how they deal and try and correct. How watching Ma and Pa Kent try and figure out how to like talk to Super, talk, talk to Clark, and like make sure that he's doing the right things because he's not programmed to be good. This one, it was like the whole time, I was like, this kid's fucking evil and he's going to get picked on. That's how you're justifying him doing the things he's doing until it spins out of control. And I want to bring up another thing here, which is a movie that I have been a fan of. I think I brought it before, but one that I think does this well and for a specific reason, what I think it is, is Chronicle. I, I really also, thought, like I also got a Chronicle vibe from this movie. I like Chronicle because... The kid is already, he's already been that. And they all get powers. And sure, there's a level where you're like, I don't know, man, this is tough. Like, if you had powers, all of a sudden you'd probably do weird stuff. But he already had a disposition to be. He'd already been picked on. He'd already been put as an outcast, like right. separated from his friends. Then he gets powers. He's also abused at home. So you see him. And in that movie, they at least show like an evolution. Um, not that um, you never see an evolution of this. Like, in, And you get to see kind of his life and getting powers and being like, well, I'm going to take this spider apart. And then I'm going to start doing this until he kind of snaps. This one, he's like... All of a sudden, just I'm going through puberty and I'm a spy, and now people want to take, now people want to try and stop me. So I'm just gonna fucking massacre everybody with my laser eyes, well, the thing, or my by flipping their car in the air. And it's like it just felt over the over the top. But the thing, yeah, exactly. I would say that I would agree with that. It's over the top. But the thing I think really struck with me was like his parents like loved him, and like he was just yeah, a, yeah. he was just a dick to him. Yeah, like and, it, and it's like with, that's with what he nothing, was always gonna be. I guess with nothing too drastically major happening from like his aunt and uncle to his parents like there was really it was weird that he turned on him in that manner i think like especially when shit's getting crazy and like there's clearly his parents have his back and they're just like trying to be parents yeah which sounds like it could be like an interesting commentary like a thing to say of like you know what happened like because there are people in the yeah people in the real world who it's just like you know, you find out that their parents like gave them everything they wanted, but they're just pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a hundred percent right. And I think that honestly comes around to my big point about this. What I was getting, cause it sounds like now I'm hammering on the movie. There were moments I was like, that's, that's clever. That's, that's something that I think, okay, that's interesting. And what it came down to me is I was saying to myself, the problem with this movie overall is that it's too easy. I feel like it's so easy to say, what if Clark Kent landed and he was evil? What if he was a bad, what if he's bad? And what if he got to puberty and then decided to blow his fucking stepdad's head off with his laser eyes and because his dad tried to kill him or or let's what about all <laughs> his these dad things? tried like, to old yeller him. Yeah, I tried to shoot him in the back of the head while they were hunting and then he turned around and blew his fucking head off. Like, what if he did that? I felt like that was too easy, especially when well, you like, have, what, what, what did he think what, what, was gonna happen? Do you think he was, he was I mean, gonna maybe shoot he him thought in the back it was of the head? Work. Like maybe the back of the head wasn't guarded. But I but then I started thinking about it, I'm like, you know, it's it's harder to do it in other ways, which is like Red Sun is a great graphic novel. Where Superman, instead of landing in Kansas, lands in Russia and becomes a symbol for that. But then again, I get, this is where I got myself caught up and twisted because then I realized in Red Sun, by the end, Superman is still on the side of humanity. And I'm going to say it right now. Take a 10-second spoiler break if you're playing. Like, I got to go see Brightburn because I'm going to say it out loud. Declan, I'm going to ruin it for you. But at the end of the movie, he kills everybody and then goes on a rampage of destroying the world. And the last footage thing you see is news footage of him basically destroying the planet. 
So, okay, cool. You made you took a, the most powerful creature in all of existence, and there's the whole thing, and I know we can chat about this a little, but where Elizabeth Banks realizes that one time when he was looking at his asteroid ship, he cut himself on the rock, and he doesn't get cut. So she goes and pulls out a piece of fucking rock to go and try and kill him, but then he ends up fucking killing her first. Okay, so there is some kind of weapon. But for what we know, that's the only kind of weapon. So basically, you create a whole story about a kid going to a point where he got to maturity, or adolescent maturity, killed his whole family, then destroyed the whole world with nothing to stop him. That's not a that's not a story. That's just, that's an El- I mean, that's an Elseworld tale. I mean, it's like something like, and then everything went fucking bad. And that's how it ends, kids, with nobody stopping him. And there's this whole thing out there about maybe it's building to a bigger world. It's too late. He already blew up the whole fucking planet almost. But I'm like, what are you talking about, well, dude? I guess well, there, no. I guess there was, there was a mid credit scene, right? Yeah, they were trying, they're trying to build this it. world like they did Conjuring. I didn't see it either. And this, But, but this uh, movie's also supposed to be tied to the movie, uh, what was it called? Hero? What's the movie with the dude from The Office, Ryan Wilson? Ryan. Oh, oh, Super. super. Su- yeah. Oh, okay. It's called Super. Yeah, it's like a weird. It's like a weird. What's it called? Thing, but Super. Super. That's it. Yeah, where he's like beating people with a fucking Mar- yeah, giant Mario Brothers or... wrench. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a wrench. He's like kills people with it. But yeah, I think that for me that was the biggest thing is I kept getting caught on. I think this is a, an interesting idea. But it's buried in this being too so hard. And, and for everything else, like we've talked about, like how you appreciate how hard it is to make a good movie. It actually made me appreciate the Superman story a little more because in fairness, and I do this all the time, if tomorrow you gave me all the abilities of Superman, there's no way, there's no way that I would not become an absolute injustice style ruler. Like I would conquer this planet overnight and I would put it under authoritarian, one rule, one money, one every, like, that would just happen. I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from, those, from using those powers. 99% of humans could not stop themselves from using those powers from getting over, like, that's what makes Superman so special, impossibly special, in fact, is that he is good, and it was hard to make sure he ended up good, even though if we never get to see that in the comics, which also makes me think, there's a dope-ass graphic novel idea in here about Superman struggling while growing up, and not Smallville struggling, like, she doesn't like me, like, a real human-on-the-farm fucking story. <laughs> the thing I did like... So that's my take on that. <laughs> the thing I did love about this movie, though, was um, the gore element. Um, I know it's... Yeah, they really hit you with it when they hit you with it, and then they don't hit you with it for a long time. The scene... Like, Dec- the like scene, said that earlier. The scene where he picks up the car, and it dude hits his face, and is ju- like, you're just cringing the whole time. Um, yeah, he's like hits the steering wheel, and, like and, and the, you can just hear it. Yeah. You can just hear the jaw just moving, and it's completely shattered and hanging off. And he's trying to like, th- I don't know what he's thinking that he can just throw it together all while he's choking on his own blood. That scene is dope. Yeah, uh, yeah, they really went. Those moments were <laughs> I mean, even him killing his dad. It's like he's using his heat vision that he's just discovered. Kind of he can use. And it's like not killing him instantly. It's like burning his face, and all of a sudden it just blows to the back of his fucking head. Yeah, like oh no. Which is not how lasers work, by the way. It would just sear a hole. It wouldn't blow chunks out. These lasers from it. Unless it, unless it the te- kid. Yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. I won't stand for it. I mean, unless the turtles don't have noses. <laughs> unless the temperature of the laser was like low, and I he guess, could control I that. Guess. Maybe he's maybe he wanted to hurt. Anyways, what? Why we talk about Brightburn so much, and why we said this is a hybrid is because after seeing this movie, I saw an article. And it was about how there was, if you didn't like Brightburn or if Brightburn's not the best example, here's a great example of something that did it kind of right. And that was called Miracle Man. Now, Miracle Man, I'm going to give a quick history on this. 
was a comic book that was published as called, it was called Marvel Man originally, and uh, it was created in 1954. It was basically like, uh, it was like a, it's a whole fucking thing. I'm not going to get in that. What I'm going to tell you is this. They redid it in the 90s, in 82. Alan Moore took over and restarted it, right? And it was a monthly series he did. It's called Marvel Man. Ultimately, it got changed to Miracle Man. Now, the crazy part about this is the art is not very good. I read it. I did not like the art. Well, the but cover looks like. I'm not saying it's not good. It's Watchmen style. <laughs> it's your teacher. It's one, it's one step down from Watchmen style art, which is fine. It did a great job. They, it was a black and white original, and they colored it, so that's also strange. Here's why we, I they, they the article I read tied this in, and after reading it, I was like, now this is how you do this story right. And it's not like it's a dead-on match, because what Miracle Man is about, and I'm not going to give you the whole comic run synopsis, because Alan Moore did a bunch of it, and then Neil Gaiman took over for him. The synopsis basically is Shazam. Uh, if kids, these kids were experimented on, and so they could turn by using the word, I think, is it Kimto? Kim, Kim Toa? Ugh, I just, I lost, I had it written down. Uh, instead of Shazam, they can turn into these, oh yeah, it is uh, Kimoda. Komoda. Uh, they can turn into these Shazam type characters. And the main one, the main character, he turns into Miracle Man or Marvel Man, Miracle Man. There's also another one who can become young Marvel Man. There's kid Marvel Man. Um, anyways, it basically starts off with the fact that there's a nuclear explosion while they're on a mission and it kills them all, except for it doesn't kill Miracle Man. He just forgets who he is. So this kid forgets all of this. And basically grows up his whole life just living like a normal person until he gets to be about like in his 40s, let's say. And then he remembers that he he remembers the word. And so he says that and he gets to be Miracle Man again. And he kind of is like, he's the hero in this. He's not like Brightburn. But what you don't know is that Kid Marvel didn't die in the atomic explosion. He got his, he remembers everything, but he never reverted back. He stayed in that form and basically became like a titan of industry. He's like savage to people. He like control, takes power. He's like a really... Not a good dude, like a really fucking bad guy. So this all leads up to the point where Marvel Man has to confront him, and they fight until the point where he tricks him into saying his name, like Mixoplick's type scenario, and he reverts back to a kid where he's almost fucking catatonic because he's been this other super being for so long. Long story short, this is where it starts to line up with Brightburn a little more. They put that kid in a foster home, the kid who was Kid Marvel Man or Kid Miracle Man. They put him in a foster home to which he gets hardcore bullied, like every day he's getting like beat up and the shit kicked out of him. And then the biggest bully there uh, attempts to rape him. And during this attempted rape, he remembers the word and says it. And he turns back into Kid kid Miracle Man or Kid, kid Marvel Man, whatever you want to call him, uh, and and destroys London. Like he like destroys in the sense of he kills like 40,000 people and rips the heart out of London, starts burning the world. He's, he's savagely just like destroys these bully kids. Like, until Miracle Man has to come and fight him, and ultimately, uh, I think he kills him. I just read the damn thing. I, th I think he does. He has to, he decided, yeah, he has to kill him. Um, there's a lot more in the Neil Gaiman years that goes into the backstory behind how they were actually created, but that part lined up really well because it was a really good story of someone pushed to their limits that then turns into this thing, and I kept thinking, obviously, it's not to this degree. There's no attempted rape in, <laughs> in Brightburn, but what I didn't see in that movie was, and what made me really go to the meh, especially to them or really solidify that was the fact that there was no justification for this. Just because a kid wakes up with a wet dream doesn't mean he gets to fucking drop his mom from 30,000 feet in the air. And so True. it was just an interesting dynamic. And if you ever get a chance, I highly recommend reading Miracle Man. Is it a, do you give the, it a, do you give it a splash trash or man? I give it a splash. It's Alan Moore. So it's good. It's a little wordy at times. It can get overly 
poetic in a strange way, but for the most part, like it is a really cool story. And when the moments where there's like fighting going on, like especially the London scene, you're like fucking in it. Like you're like, Oh my God, he's destroying everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, very fun. It's also, a. there's also a, it sounds very similar to Shazam. Like you said, it is. It is an absolute. How this one rips off Superman, that one rips off Shazam. A group of kids that can turn into super beings. Right. What would happen if one of them got real fucked up? <laughs> and it's also had the same. Also had a same owner like ownership battle as Shazam too, which is funny because it, it, it there's yes, it did. a Marvel That's one version of, the things of too. it. It got kicked off and Marvel Man, then it had to go away. Joe, a whole mess. Joe Casada was involved, and so was Grant Morrison at one point. So it's got yeah, it's definitely worth definitely worth a read. I mean, anything Neil Gaiman does, I'm on board. But it's a uh, yeah, it, I mean, there's a Todd McFarlane was involved yep. in it. Uh, good Lord. Like, everybody was involved in this thing. But it actually is good. I accidentally, I meant to buy, um, what's the guy that, what's the new god that can escape from anything? Uh, he's the escape, he's red. He looks like Vision from DC, but he's red and yellow. You know him. I thought it was. Uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. It's Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. I yeah. accidentally bought Miracle Man originally, thinking I was buying Mr. Mar- Miracle because the run from a couple years ago is like, the greatest comic in the last 10 years. Right, right, right. And I actually got Miracle Man. So I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, cool. I got that. <laughs> that's so funny because I was like, that's what I thought we were going to re- be reviewing was Mr. Miracle. Was the freak? I know me. I was like, what the hell is that? The guy in the goddamn suit. Oh, man. That's too funny. That's a good one. Well, on that note, we will. <laughs> is there anything you want to add to the uh, Miracle Man? Oh, I was just surprised that I was. Um... The character whose special power was escaping things wasn't just named Escape Mo. That's all I had to say about it. <laughs> it's not a It's not a bad observation. Um, that's why they that's why they paid me the big bucks. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's probably enough for Slash Track Man. Uh, all right, let's get into next week's drop. There's only two books to really uh, check out. Uh, but first one on our list is Deceased Number Two. Uh, this is the second book in this lineup, which is. Chris and I both kind of had different takes on it, but millions are dying every minute. Heroes and villains alike are falling. Can the Justice League unite to find a way to stop and spread, uh, stop the spread of death? Can they save humanity from extinction? Can they even save themselves? The key of survival may hinge on the, uh, the last moments of one of the world's finest heroes, which at the end of the book, if you haven't read it, this is a spoiler. It looks like Batman's going down. He ain't going to make it. So uh, He already got bit in the first ones. We knew he was losing it. I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed on this, this, this series. So I'm going to... Really? I might take a step back on this one, but I'm, I'll probably read it online. I'm full on going to read it. Uh, I wish I'm probably... If I go to comic book store for the last now, I'll probably pick up uh, this is, the first issue to get caught up and everything. But uh, and, Or get, get caught up physically, not digitally. Um, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. This comes out next week to be yep. just to be on on path on point. Yep. Next week you can get number dose, number dose. But also next week is uh, a cool comic classic, True Believer Spider Man number one. So this is the origin story of Peter Parker from the, from the jump. So it's always a cool uh, to pick up one some of these True Believers. I just like picking them up because they're a buck, and it's just the it's like the original comic book just reprinted. So. It's kind of a cool right. thing to have. I know it's not worth crap, but it's cool to have. It's a cool, cheap thing to have. So pick it up. If you can frame it, throw it on your wall. People be like, oh, my God, is that the first Spider-Man? Because they don't know. You know, but they don't yeah, know. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, that's like the this is the True Believer special edition. 
And they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's like, so uh, cool, just bro. Just say it's a real thing. Just save yourself the time and energy. Yeah. But that's going to do it for this episode of Splash Trash. Man, it's a longer one, but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get it down. You know how we do over here at yeah, G-Splash. We, we do fun ones. Uh, uh, next week, we'll be talking some Rocket Man and Benny mm-hmm. and the Jets. Yeah. Some Elton John. Yeah, Elton John. He put out an essay. Crocodile Rock, nonstop. <laughs> Crocodile Rock. Over We're going to play again. that for 35 Taren minutes. Taron singing Crocodile Rock. That's a movie <laughs> I paid for. It's a movie I want to see. <laughs> I hope it's going to be a lot better than Bohemian Rhapsody. I obviously, I did not like that movie because it was missing a lot of stuff. And I do appreciate that Elton John put out a little essay. He wasn't gay enough in it. But Elton John put out a little essay that was like, hey, I didn't live a PG some odd life or whatever. So Yeah, yeah, I bet I bet he had to because that's the thing. That's so funny. Ali's dad is a huge fan of Elton John. We went to the concert recently. It was awesome. But I, growing up the way I did, basically being introduced to Elton John on Lion King, did I had no idea. And he doesn't seem like a guy like from a rock band where you'd be like, yeah, that guy fucking lived. But then you start reading the history like, holy shit, this dude's like OD'd like three times. Like he's super gay in all the good ways. Uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting. So I, I it doesn't surprise me you put that out because this movie is getting great scores it's cer- already. It's certified fresh. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm actually excited to see to say as far as musical biopics go, biopics, biopics, whatever. Uh, it's great. Yeah, and apparently that's also what they've been advertising too. Is that it's not exactly just like a straight biopic like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was claiming that it was. Um, oh my god! <laughs> don't get me started. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> I get the way that they've been talking about for a long time is that it is like openly inspired by and it's more of a fantasy uh, rather than like, yeah, this is what happened. Yeah, yeah, right. The rest of Queen had to leave a party early for their family. Well, (laughs) that's that's truly what that's what happened. Like uh, like across the universe, but not so ethereal. So we're talking anyway, we're talking about that next week. So stick around for that. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, stick around after this show because we are talking Aladdin on G Splash, the dopest yeah. podcast on earth. I'm Bradley Bax. This is my man Chris, Bucky Watts, and our homie Declan holding it down one time. We out of here, baby. Peace. <laughs>